the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow evening, showers or thunderstorms in spots low 74. And for Thursday, partial sunshine with passing showers and a high of 86. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Casey Long for News Talk 930 WLSS. Manatee High School football is a force of nature. It's time to feel the power with Hurricane Hotline. Live from Beef O'Brady's, 4925 Cortez Road in Bradenton. Hosted by Dave Bristow and Hurricanes head coach, John Booth. Talk to the coach now, 877-969-8600. And now, here's Dave Bristow and coach John Booth. A very pleasant good evening, everyone. We're live from Beef O'Brady's on Cortez Road West, where tonight we'll be talking Manatee Hurricane football for the next hour as the Hurricanes coming off a big win over the Southeast Seminoles. And I'm very used to saying Friday night, John, but uh, Saturday morning into Saturday afternoon. Uh, a little bit strange, but uh, nevertheless, the important thing is we got the game in yep. and we won the game. Yeah, and uh, – Different, uh, you know, different timetable for the kids and different schedule. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, has it has some of its challenges with that. But uh, it was good to get the game in and, and uh, certainly good to get the win. Our guest coach uh, this evening is Walt Smith. Walt, how you doing? Good. How are you, Dave? Very good. Um, Walt coaches the defensive linemen. He's done a great job this year. And we'll talk um, in depth about that as we move along in the program. But, uh Let's talk about the Southeast game. The final score, 39-26. I guess the storylines uh, coming out of the game, the play of Manatee's quarterback, Sloan Drummond, was uh, was outstanding. He played uh, he played well. Johnny Lang, can you just mark down a buck ninety a game right. for him? <laughs> <laughs> you know, give or take ten. Yeah, it seems to be pretty uh, pretty consistent number for him. He's been uh, he's been playing well the last few weeks. Oh my gosh, um, offensively. We've talked about how, okay, this is a team that's probably going to win on defense. But didn't you just know that some game along the line, the defense eh, is not going to play its best game, and the offense is going to have to step up? And, John, I would think that would make you uh, pretty happy that the offense stepped up and scored a lot of points and was able to get the win. Well, you know, to me, that that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter, you know, if we win by one or if we win by 100. As long as we get the win, that's the most important thing. And uh, I think that's what makes football the, the greatest team sport. You know, all, all three phases factor into that win. Um, there's going to be games where our defense is, is going to be the strong suit and, and, and kind of win the game for us. There's going to be times where you win the game through special teams and then, uh, you know, and, and, and obviously offensively. Uh, we had a, our best game uh, on Saturday uh, offensively, um, you know, 450 total yards of offense. Um, you, we, you know, you already mentioned Johnny with 190. So 
um, rushing and, and Sloan, you know, throwing for almost 200 yards. So it was a it was a great uh, performance by our offense. So it was definitely uh, happy with that. And uh, like like I said, the, the most important thing is that we got the win. And the weird thing is, if you look at Southeast coming into the game, Walt, you would probably say, okay, their defense is a little better than their offense. Um, and traditionally, Southeast has had just a tremendous defense. In this game, their defense uh, was okay, but their offense really played well. And let's just, you know, say that their quarterback had an outstanding game, okay? I mean, this kid came in, and when you watched him on film, he was pretty good, but nothing like I saw in person Saturday. I mean, would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. He was uh, he was very mobile and uh you know, throughout the entire game, and, and we didn't do a, a real good job of trying to wrap him up and tackle him. And he's just a kind of, he's a good athlete, and you just can't uh, you can't bounce off a guy like that and not wrap him up and take him to the ground. John, you being a former quarterback, you had to be impressed with uh, both quarterbacks play. Obviously, we've right. talked about Sloan, but uh, the kid from Southeast Thomas, uh, he he was outstanding. Yeah, you know they. Uh, they, they changed their game plan up a little bit from what we saw on film to where, I mean, we, we didn't ever see them throw 45 times in the, in the, the film that we, that we received, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and, and uh, you know, to their credit, they, they did a great job of executing that and, uh, you know, using that quick pass game as, as an extension of their run game. But, uh, you know, he did a great job of, of getting the receivers in stride. They didn't, you know, they didn't have to break stride to, uh, you know, to catch the ball and run and, and, you know, kind of what Walt was alluding to. That, you know, we didn't wrap up very good. They used him on the quarterback draws, and and when we did get pressure, he was able to scramble out of there and big yards. Yeah, James Thomas. He's a 5'11", 200-pound quarterback, and some of his passes were pinpoint. His accuracy was very, very good, and he seemed to run at the right time. But Walt, in the second half, you you guys, I'm sure, had some words with the defense, some adjustments. And it obviously worked because you held them to six points in the second half. Yeah, Jim had a had a real uh, good scheme to go over with the guys at halftime and made some adjustments in how our, our ends and corners were playing um, a few of their alignments. And then uh, just inside, we just, uh, we just stepped up a little better in the second half and, and got more pressure, you know, on the quarterback and, and uh, did some spilling on the inside and, uh, we're just where we needed to be. Talk about how your defensive line played. I thought they played pretty well. Um, probably you weren't able to get the pressure throughout the game consistently like you have wanted. But, again, a lot of their passes were boom, boom, very quick. Uh, but talk about the play of your defensive line. Well, he had a real he had a real quick um, drop step and release, and so that made it difficult. Plus the, the field conditions were uh, extremely uh, hard for our yeah. guys to get footing and everything, get a good rush uh, going. So the combination of those two things uh, just really slowed us down. And uh, and like I said, like you said, in the first half, you know, we just uh, as a defensive line. Uh, but second half we came out and uh, and I think we did a bit lot better job in the second half. And you had some new players in there. Let's let's talk about uh, Delvin Mays did not play this game. He sat out this game. And talk about Collins, who stepped in and played well. Then there was a young defensive end at the end of the game that I thought played pretty well. Yeah, Tony come in, and uh, that was the first time he's had the opportunity to, to play a full game. And uh, he did a very good job filling in for Delvon. And then uh, long toward the end of the game in the fourth quarter, we started rotating in uh, 
Nelson. Mm -hmm. um, and what he was doing was rotating from ends to give the ends uh, a breather, and, and it, it helped us really keep a lot of pressure, uh, more pressure on the quarterback from the outside. Now, where is uh, – what's Nelson's number here? Let's number 26. 26. Yeah, 26, yep. Um, I thought it might be Dominique Nelson, but he's got one of those ones that could go either way. <laughs> but uh, six foot 180, actually listed as a DB on the roster, but uh, he's extremely quick, isn't he? Yeah, we, uh, we brought him – Brought him around from a DB to a, to a defensive end early on in the in the season because uh, he's got the ability to really come off the edge quick and get to the quarterback. And talk a little bit, John, about getting some depth now. So, I mean, you're going to start district play Friday right. night. One place you're going to need it is safety. Right. Because we're not going to have Jamarian Friday night. Right, yeah. I mean, or that's, Thursday night. I'm sorry. Right, yeah. and that's and, and that's critical, you know, for for any team, and particularly when you get into the, the latter part of the season, you get guys that are kind of, you know, nicked up, trying to trying to keep guys as as fresh as you can throughout the you know practice week, and um, you know, so w with with guys that are going to be out, particularly this this coming Thursday. Some uh, you know some rotating with you know between our first group obviously, but then kind of rotating some of your backups as well to kind of learn multiple positions just in case somebody goes down um, in the game. And and the reason it's Jamari McDonald. What happened was he he got uh, a penalty before the game even started. It's when you know both teams were out there and they were jawing back and forth. And I I didn't mind that because all the talk is we need to get this rivalry back. So mm -hmm. you know I. I kind of enjoyed that a little bit because that was kind of like the old days. And then, uh, unfortunately, he got another one right. in the game. Well, yeah, and, and you know, you you try to find that balance of, you know, the kids being excited and um, having that enthusiasm but also being smart. I mean, we had too many unsportsmanlike uh, conduct penalties, and it was, and it was excessive celebration, um, you know, whether it was a touchdown, uh, a big play, a big hit, um, just – some of that extra stuff, we, we don't necessarily need that. And unfortunately, Austin him last game and then uh, this week's game as well. I thought some of the penalties, okay. I the ones that they called the celebration, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, and you that know? was and that but, was a, kind of a, a concern for us as well because that, that's something that we haven't really been penalized on um, at all this this year. So it was a little surprising to, to see some of those. But, you know, every crew is different that you, right. that you play with. And so you kind of have to know – you know, how the crew's going to operate, and, and we just need to be smarter. And I'm trying to think of the one where it didn't look like he did much at all. And I don't know if it was a touchdown pass. Was it yeah. – uh, did yeah, they call Kel one on Kelvin? Yeah, Kelvin had one uh, in the corner of the end zone, um, and then Johnny had one as well um, on his run into right. the end zone. And what a tremendous run. And you've got to be able to let these kids show a little bit of emotion, you know. I mean, we don't want to turn it into the no fun league. Right, like yeah. Say, but the NFL, they do let them do a right. little Right. But in the end, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's on the rules, us. Yeah, that's so, the rule, yeah. and that's on us. That We've got to know that. And, yeah. and uh, you know, the, what we've kind of talked to the kids about is how, um, you know, those types of penalties will hurt us, particularly, I mean, in any game. But when you start getting into district play, and when that has postseason implications or, you know, in, in those postseason games, you know, those those penalties, can they can kill you. Now, you went in uh, to halftime on a spectacular bomb mm -hmm. that gave you the lead there because it looked like, and we were commenting on the radio, 
hmm, we're going to go into halftime behind. Mm -hmm. But we made some plays defensively, made some plays offensively. That was big momentum switch. Absolutely. Well, particularly with us getting the ball back to start the second half, we needed to to go into halftime with some momentum. And uh, we tried. We, we tried to get a, a long pass to, to Kelvin up the sideline, and they ended up switching their coverage into a cover two look. So uh, we didn't think, actually, the play that we called was going to be able to go to Kelvin. Um, he was able to get behind the safety because he, he took a poor angle, and uh, Sloan laid a, a pretty nice ball, and uh, Kelvin was able to run underneath it. So it worked out for us um, to, to create some momentum going into halftime. If you want to give us a call, 955-0930 is our number. We're talking Manatee Hurricane football, the Southeast game. The final was 39-26. to 26. And I kept thinking throughout the game, we just need to get two scores up. We just And we did, and lo and behold, it, it went back to one score. And, man, Walt, this was, uh, this was close. I mean, it, was, uh, it, it did remind us up in the booth of some of the games we've had in the past. And I don't know that it will continue next year, the following year, but I don't know that it was such a bad thing for high school football in the area. I mean, you want to win every game as much as you can, but we did end up, end up winning by 13. Now, talk a little bit more about uh, your defense in the second half because I want to know exactly what you adjustments. You talked about Coach Phelan making some adjustments. They were throwing the quick passes. Uh, and, and my comment up there was, Boy, it's tough. You've got five guys going out, and so you're going to have potentially some mismatches there. And and that's what they banked on, and there were some mismatches throughout the game, right? Yeah, there were, Dave. We, uh, the, the, most of the adjustments that were made, though, was just in, in man assignments mm-hmm. and switching side to side. And then uh, we dropped uh, our uh, defensive tackle you know, out in the middle uh, to cover the tight end that was coming across. And that's how we ended up getting that that pick. Beautiful play, uh, you know, in the second half. So that that worked out well for us. And then, uh, uh, biggest thing was just, uh, you know, spilling off of the ends and being able to get inside, and uh, and do you know more containment, you know, in the backfield and, and uh, spending more time back there instead of, uh, you know, allowing them to scramble around and so forth. Because Jim Phelan, uh, as a defensive coordinator, he's not one to blitz a lot, John. I mean. Um, you know, he's able to get pressure with his front four. And when you're able to do that, for the most part, that's the key to your whole defense right there. Absolutely. And that was something that uh, we talked about, um, you know, early early August and, and, and late July when I first got in here. We were kind of talking just just about our defense. And, and that was the, the, the interesting thing was, you know, we don't have to blitz. We haven't had to blitz a whole lot in the, in the past years to, to create pressure. And, and when you can do that just with your front four, that's, uh, that, that, that allows you to do a lot more dif- different things with, uh, with your pass defense. But, you know, I think one of the tough things for us that, you know, we weren't able to kind of get into our dime package where it's predominantly a, our pass, you know, pass defense where we would take one of our defensive linemen out and bring in our second safety. Well, Jamarian, um, with Jamarian being out, we weren't able to get two safeties in there. Uh, which would have helped with some of our, you know, mismatches that you were alluding to mm-hmm. about, you know, with, with, you know, guys running in the middle and and uh, creating openings in their in their pass game. So, um, you know, some of those, the you know, we were talking about these penalties. Why they can kill you is, you know, you're not able to do some of the things you'd like to do defensively. Now, so you've got um, Malik Mitchell will get the start mm-hmm. at safety. Yep. Um, now, who are you? Uh, 
grooming behind Malik now. Is there someone? <laughs> did, did we, well, did we yeah, find somebody on yeah, campus Paul, today or something? <laughs> yeah, Paul, Paul Mobley is, is going to be working in there as well. Okay, um, and he, he's seen some action. And he's seen some action. Um, you know, we uh, um, Trayvon Rump was, was dinged up a little bit today, so he's been working some, some strong safety and for, for that, and, and he's been working corner as well. And so, you know, we talk about those adjustments, obviously, with our number ones and, and getting guys kind of pieced together with that, but you're also going to have some guys that have to learn multiple positions right. just in case somebody goes down. So Paul Mobley is going to be kind of one of those utility guys that can play the free, can play strong, play corner. All right, we're going to take our first time out. We've got John Limbo is going to join us from the Bradenton Herald. Sloan Drummond's our player of the game is here on offense, and we're awaiting Joe Robinson, right, That's our right. defensive player of the game who had two picks. So we'll have all that, but right now we'll take our first time out. You're listening to Hurricane Hotline live from Beef O'Brady's. Before you buy, give Conley a try. Are you looking for a great price on a new GMC, Buick, or Subaru? Conley and Bradenton. Need a reliable used vehicle you can afford? Conley and Bradenton. What about great financing, expert service, and a reputation that's second to none? Yep, you guessed it. Conley and Bradenton. Hi, I'm Alan Conley. I'm Chris Conley. From the time our grandfather started our dealership over 47 years ago, we've been proud to be a part of this community. So, for your family's next vehicle, come see our family. Conley Buick GMC and Conley Subaru. 800 Cortez Road West in Bradenton. Conley Buick GMC Subaru. Where we treat you like family. Go Canes! Brown and Sons Funeral Homes and Crematory wishes you the best of luck this season. Your manatee neighbor of over 35 years, the caring experts at Brown and Sons know how to guide you and your family through the difficult times. Featuring Trust 100 pre-planning, they'll handle all your local and long-distance needs. Celebrate the game of football, but when the game of life must end, depend on Brown and Sons with two locations to serve you. Online at brownandsonsfuneral.com. When it comes to excellence in football, nobody beats the Manatee Hurricanes. When it comes to excellence in body shops, nobody beats Costantino. Costantino Body Shop specializes in collision repair with cutting-edge equipment and technology. Costantino helps you with your insurance claims and gets you back on the road. Life moves fast, and Costantino keeps you moving. 9th Street West in Bradenton. Details online at CostantinoBodyShop.com. Bradenton's oldest and most trusted paint and body shop. Costantino Body Shop. C1 Bank is proud to support the Manatee Hurricanes. C1 Bank is a true community bank. Clients first, community first. Whether it's your personal account or business account, C1 Bank will do everything possible to meet all your financial needs. C1 Bank has 28 banking centers from the greater Tampa Bay area to southwest Florida, including three locations in Manatee County. For more information, visit C1Bank.com and go Canes! As a five-time pick by Super Lawyers Magazine as a top Florida attorney and as a longtime supporter of Hurricane football, Edwin Eddie Mulock brings more than 40 years' experience to the courtroom. Personal injury, wrongful death, medical malpractice, and criminal law, Eddie uses his innate passion for helping people and his extensive knowledge of the law to champion justice. Office is located at 15th Street West in Bradenton. Call 748-2104, 748-2104. For more information, log on to mulocklaw.com. When you take time out to dine out, Canes fans know to head for the island and huddle up at three of the best waterfront restaurants around. The Sandbar Restaurant, Anna Maria, the Beach House in Bradenton Beach, and the Mar Vista Dockside Restaurant on North Longbow Key. Great views, the freshest seafood, and real toes-in-the-sand waterfront dining. 
the sandbar, beach house, and Mar Vista. A touchdown the whole team will cheer for. News Talk 930 WLSS. Traffic. Let's check on that drive now. This report is service of the Bonatti Spine Institute. 53rd Avenue, 14th Street. Crash reported there now, but should be off to the side. Northbound about the 209, a crash. We've got Honoré and Bridgehampton, McIntosh and Patty Way. They're on scene now, so hopefully they'll get that blockage out of the way. Activity 2 around the 70 and Greenbrook and Bee Ridge and Swift. They're still out there on the scene of that accident. Mostly looking pretty good on the Bay Area Bridge there, the Skyway Bridge, and no problems so far along I-75. 30 years of experience allows the Bonatti Spine Institute to target the true root of your back and spine issues. Bonatti succeeds where others fail. Bonatti.com. Dave Anderson, WLSS Traffic. Back to Hurricane Hotline, live from Beef O'Brady's, 4925 Cortez Road in Bradenton, with Dave Bristow and Manatee Hurricanes head coach, John Booth. Talk to the coach now at 877-969-8600. And now, here's Dave Bristow and Coach John Booth. Thank you very much as we are inside here at Beef O'Brady's. Thank goodness because we've had rain again. And, uh, man, it's almost like we're in the rainforest. Practice field was flooded again today. Uh, yeah, are the ruts out of there yet? Ruts are out of there. That's now we've got some puddles. That's, good. that's, good. <laughs> um, that's an inside joke if you didn't listen last <laughs> week. Um, John, what about the rain? Let's talk a little bit about how it affects, it affects everybody. Mm-hmm. So you can't really bellyache a whole lot. It is what it is. You can't do anything about Mother Nature. But uh, it does have an impact on what you're doing, doesn't it? Well, it does, yeah. It, you know, and, and you know, it, it eliminates a lot of your team speed, obviously, with a wet footing. you gotta you got to be a little bit slower, more under control, keep your feet underneath your hips so you don't slip and fall. Obviously, trying to throw and control a wet ball um, can be difficult at times as well. So, um, but I guess the good thing is we're getting practice at it because the last three weeks has been pretty uh, pretty rainy on us. Yeah, it certainly has, and hopefully, hopefully we'll get a dry field as we kind of segue into the talk about the Riverview Rams. And uh, before we start talking about Riverview, we've got a special guest on the line, John Limbo from the Braden and Herald, who does such a great job covering prep sports around the area. John, good evening. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Well, we're doing pretty good here, John. Um, listen, uh, remarkably, as it sounds, uh, we are basically into the midway point of high school football. Just wanted yeah. to catch up with you tonight and uh, talk a little bit about it, what you've seen so far, the surprises, the uh, disappointments. Um, first of all, let's start with surprises, and I imagine you're going to go out east to Braden River for that, aren't you? Yeah, you know, I actually thought in the beginning of the season I kind of had them going to the playoffs, but I didn't know they'd be 4-0 right now and uh, in, in the shape they're in. I mean, they play Sarasota on Thursday, and if they win that game, they're in a pretty good position to uh, not only go to the playoffs and maybe win a district title for the first time. So, yeah, I think Kurt Bradley's done a great job out there uh, rebuilding, rebuilding that program after what happened this first year. And, and the good thing is they got some stability now in the head coaching spot. You know, they went to so many head coaches in, the, in the, those number of years, and and uh, they might have found someone in Coach Bradley who's, uh, who's going to stick and who I think is uh, is building something pretty special out there in Braden River. 
Now, what about um, disappointments? Of course, Palmetto's had a rough go of it, but, boy, if you look at their scores, they played some extremely close games. The Venice game, uh, Venice, one of the top programs around, that went right, right down to the end before Venice was able to pull it out. So they could still do some damage in district play, couldn't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, they're one to know where it counts, and that's in district. And, and you're right. I mean, you know, um, it, it was funny because in, against Venice and against, uh, against Lakewood, they couldn't stop the run, and that's kind of hurt them in those games. And then Countryside, they had a couple of special teams now lose, and that cost them. Uh, and then they beat Northport last uh, a couple weeks ago with their defense. So they had a great showing. But it's interesting. If you go back to last year when they lost in the playoffs, they had a four-game losing streak and lost those four games by a combined seven points because they lost by a point in the playoffs as well. So, you know, um, I know you are what your record says you are, but they could easily be three and one right now. Uh, they have a really good quarterback, uh, a really good playmaker in Quincy Washington, who's really fun to watch, special teams and, and uh, running back. So, yeah, I think they're going to be okay. Um, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting district. I think them, Liquid Ranch, and Braden River are fighting for those two playoff spots. But, um, you know, I think, like I said, they're going to be all right. And, and like I said earlier, they're one to know where it counts in district. So, you know, those three losses are kind of in the rearview mirror now for Palmetto and to try and, uh, and play strong these next few weeks. Well, I think a lot of people, John, they don't look closely enough at who people play. And, and I have a feeling that if Braden River, not to take anything away from them, but if they would have played a schedule like Palmetto, they would have a loss also, or maybe two. Yeah, they may. They may. I mean, you know, um, uh, I mean, the first week of the season, they played a pretty good team in North Fort Myers and uh, had to come back and beat them. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you never know. I mean, one of those games was against Ranch, a district game. They had to play that one. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the schedule is, uh, is important. And you look at, at Palmetto and the three teams that they played, uh, I think all three went to the playoffs last year. I mean, Venice, obviously, as you mentioned, one of the top programs in the state. Uh, Lakewood was a, uh, a 5A Final Four team last year. And I'm not sure about Countryside, but, yeah, they came out of the gate with three pretty tough teams and, uh, and played all three really tough down on the wire. So, uh, yeah, they, they, they played a pretty tough schedule. And, and um, you know, a lot of teams who play their schedule and have a couple losses there as well. Now, how do you see the second half developing? You've got uh, the big game next week, Palmetto and Manatee, as far as county teams go. But what about this uh, Riverview Manatee game? Have you had a chance to see Riverview this year? I haven't seen them, but I've read a lot about them. Um, uh, it, it's pretty interesting. The last couple of games, they lost to to Booker uh, on a, I think with six seconds left. Booker threw a touchdown pass, and then last the last time they played against Lehigh Acres, they were down twenty nothing on the road. Came back and won that game. So it's kind of like you know, one game they shouldn't have won, one game they should have won. Um, but it looks like just from reading, you know, reading up on them, seeing some stats, or you know, a Riverview ground and pound team. They like to run the football. Um, you know, Venice handled them pretty well. But again, as we said, Venice is is a really good team this year, and I, I think they've been a surprise with who they lost. Um, you know, last season. So I think I think people might have not known how how good they were. But uh, it should be interesting. You know, it's a Thursday game. Obviously, Manatee with a short turnaround, and, and Riverview had last week off. So you have one team that hasn't played in about a week and another team who played, you know, two, three days ago. So I'm curious if that's going to make a difference. But, you know, it's a long rivalry. It's a district game, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun at the Ramble. Now, what's your impressions of Manatee? Because we all know, you know, that uh, obviously John Booth, the new head coach at Manatee, there's been, uh, you know, we had a little bit of turmoil in the offseason, just a little, not much. But uh, well, what's your impression of the Hurricanes? They played, uh, obviously, a very tough schedule and could easily be undefeated if 
we didn't kind of implode in the last few minutes up in Georgia? Well, I like the defense. Um, you know, they have some guys like uh, like Nation and you know, linebackers and a great defensive line, and obviously Quanji the year he's had. They're always around the football, swarming the football. Um, I wasn't at the Southeast game, but just from what I read and when I talked to people, Southeast, you know, threw a little more than, than people thought they would. But, you know, I think that they, they're off to a good start. You know, I think um, losing the way they did in Georgia, I think, uh, you know, that could have really – things could have spiraled downward from there when you lose a game like that. But they really fought back, and they've won their last four. I think, obviously, offensively, they need some, some balance, and they might have found that last week with the, with the way Sloan threw the football. So I think that's a big key. If they can get some more balance and, uh, you know, not be a team that's, that's all on the run, even though Johnny Lang's having a tremendous year, I think that's going to go a long way toward determining how far Manatee goes uh, this season. John, I'm going to put you on the spot with a couple of questions here. Um, okay. My first question is, which local team – Goes the furthest in the playoffs. Which oh, wow, that's, that's a tough one. Um, you know, it, it's to tough because the, they're all in. They're all in really tough, uh, tough divisions. I think. I think if Manatee gets in, they can make some noise, especially if if they win their district and get that first round home game. Um, you know, I, I think. You know, who knows what would have happened last year if, if if Josh Meyer wouldn't gotten hurt in Fort Pierce Central? Maybe they win that game. So I, I think maybe uh, Manatee Palmetto. I mean, that, that 7A district, they're in a tough, tough region, and so is Manatee. But, you know, um, if, if you lose, you know, right now in 7A, I think Eastlake is the number one ranked team, and if you finish second in that district that Braden River and Ranch and Palmetto are in, you face them in the first round. And, and then if, you, if not, you face them probably in the second round. So that, that's the reason, I think. I think. I think Manatee, if they get in, especially if they win their district in a first-round home game, maybe a second-round home game, I think they're going to be a tough out early on in, in, in 8A. My second question, John, that was a good answer, too, by the way. You made everyone here at B's happy with that answer. I think you guys like that one. So. <laughs> um, what about how you cover and how the local media covers IMG? Because that's been a point of contention uh, mm-hmm. because IMG is what they are. They're, you know, an all-star team that recruits um, and not taking anything away from them. That's what they do out there. Uh, they can get basically who they want to get. And so were there discussions in your newsroom about, okay, how are we going to cover this team and, and how do we treat IMG? Uh, there were. I mean, but the, at the end of the day, there's still, you know, uh, a team that plays football in Manatee County, and uh, we can't obviously, you know, uh, ignore them. I will say this, when it came to the Elite 11, and we even put something, a little note in our, our football our football preview edition, um, obviously a lot of IMG guys could have made that team, seeing as how, you know, the talent on their team. But we kind of made a, a decision that in order to be on the Elite 11, you had to have played here last year. In other words, they have like three or four guys in the O-line who are Division One guys who didn't play in Manny County last year. That's kind of how we handle that. Um, you know, obviously it, it is a, a tough line to cross. Like I said, at the end of the day, uh, you know, they're a team that, that plays football in Manny County. Uh, we can't ignore them. And, um, you know, obviously not all of those decisions are mine personally. So, you know, I, I can't speak for some of the stuff that, you know, that we've done. But like I said, you know, they, they play football in the county. I mean, you know, uh, there was a kind of a discussion with the rankings last year, which is why we decided not to do them this year. And, um, you know, obviously it, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's a moot point, but when the season ends, it ends for them because they're an independent team. So when it comes to playoffs and stuff, they're not really a concern. But, 
you know, it, it, it's tough to ignore them because they play football, you know, 10 minutes away from the office. So that's kind of how we, how we double that. And I think that's you're absolutely right, John. You can't ignore them because they're playing teams from around the state of Florida and around the country, and people are interested in IMG. They're interested because, uh, you know, the, the things they do out there. So, yeah, I, you know, I guess it's just you, your competitor has rankings for their uh, coverage area, and they, they rank IMG, and there's always comments in, in the little blog afterwards, how can you do this, how can you do that? But I guess what the heck, does it really matter? Like you said, at the end of the day, they're not going to be playing football in the playoffs, and the other teams will be that qualify. Right, and you know, and and, and rankings and stuff. I mean, it's 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 it, it's all fun. Even the state rankings, the national rankings. I mean, you know, I'm sure Manatee a couple years ago when they had the chance wanted to try and win a national championship. But you know, it's it's funny. I mean, right now uh, I had a you know a blog in uh, in my blog yesterday. Manatee is now 71st. Uh, in the nation at nationalhighschoolfootball.com, but I think in max preps, I think they're like they're not even near the top 100. So, you know, rankings and stuff are so you know they're, they're so in the eye of the beholder, so to speak, and and you know it, it it makes for good fodder and good conversation rankings, I think. But you can't look really too you can't take it too seriously because the beauty of high school football is that you guys have a tournament. It's not like I know college football has one now, but you know there's a tournament, and if you win the most games and you win the last game. You're the uh, the state champion. There's no argument, and no rankings have a say in that at all. John, do you have any questions for John? <laughs> oh, I think uh, I think you summed it up. Okay, hey John, we really appreciate you joining us, and uh, we'll get back with you as we approach the playoffs. It should be a lot of fun. No time, no problem, guys. Anytime. No problem, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Thanks a lot, John Limbo from the Brayton Herald. Hey, that was good, wasn't it? Um, you know, he's uh, he, he's a good guy. And he's just a good, solid reporter. And, uh, you know, you respect guys like that because, you know, sometimes in the media run into people, uh, and I've been dealing with the media and in the media for a long time, and sometimes they're uh, they're not so good. John does a good job. Most of the time they are, and John Limbo is one of the good guys, no doubt about that. Hey, we've got a trivia question to get out. Uh, Let's get the first trivia question out, then we'll have our players of the game. We'll do one player of the game, then we'll take a break and then come back with uh, the other player of the game. Our trivia question is this. You know, we always do a trivia question uh, this year, 100 years of Manatee football, and then our second trivia question will have to do with the game we play, and that is against Riverview. So the first will be our 100 years of Manatee football. By the way, 100 years of Manatee football is a week from Friday against Palmetto. And what it is, if you played, I don't care if you played one second of football at Manatee or you played, you know, you were an All-American. You come out there, get your free shirt if you're one of the first 100, and go out on the field, and it should be just a great, great time. Uh, and and, I, and I, I can't wait. Unfortunately, I went to school on the uh, East Coast, but um, I've got just – so many friends that played at Manatee, and it's going to be cool to see everyone out there that night. I John. think that's what makes Manatee's tradition so unique and, and special is, is, is the, the community that uh, surrounds the program. And uh, we've got a lot of alumni still in the area and so come out and support, um, support the team. And uh, I'm looking forward to, obviously, a, a good football game, but uh, obviously looking forward to uh, just a great night that's going to surround, uh, you know, all the festivities surrounding the game, too. And it's also homecoming. We've got a lot of things crammed in. It's right. the delayed homecoming. Okay, our trivia question is this. Uh, back in the 50s, Wheeler Leith was the coach of Manatee High School. And there was an assistant coach 
for Wheeler Leith that went on and became an athletic director in the state of Florida and in the Southeastern Conference and is one of the most prominent names in athletics in the South. He was actually an assistant coach in the 50s. And if you know who that is, you raise your hand right here at Beefs or call us. Last week we had somebody call. They picked up their prize at Brown and Sons Funeral Home. We think they did. Hopefully they did. Either that or Gene pocketed the prize, one or the other. Uh, 955-0930, 955-0930. Who was the assistant coach right at the beginning of his career? He played at a Southeastern Conference school, was an outstanding player, and then he came down here and coached as an assistant coach. Then he went on to become an athletic director, not only for a prominent state school, but also an extremely prominent Southeastern Conference school. So if you know who that is, give us a call or raise your hand here. We're going to take uh, – well, actually, let's go to our offensive player of the game, and that is Sloan Drummonds with an S. Sloan Drummonds with an S. All Sloan Drummonds did, ladies and gentlemen, as I get – man, what's wrong with these glasses? I can't see anything out of those things. Let's just throw those away. Uh, these are Walmart specials. Can you see they're all bent and everything? Uh, I'm like Fred Sanford. I've got like 9,000 pair of glasses. Uh, nine for 17, 192 yards, three touchdowns, an amazing night for uh, or day actually. Not, it was a day and, and right? ran for a touchdown. And he ran for a touchdown. So uh, Gene, take it away with Sloan. Welcome to uh, Manatee High football, and you come in um, with the rivalry game coming out, and of course the delay in the game. What were you thinking? You know, Friday night, and then all of a sudden having to go into Saturday and coming out in that kind of sloppy condition um well one thing that i was trying to change about myself was not to uh try to make big plays and you know try to earn a division one scholarship every play but to stay with the game plan and you know do everything that coach told me to and just kind of fly under the radar and just you know practice everything that i've done all week and just kind of perform it in the game and um yeah and uh there's some things i messed up on but overall i thought you know it was a good first start yeah, it definitely was a good first start going out there. And, again, the conditions, you know, people look at kind of say, well, it was close. And Southeast played a great game. Their offense came and did some good things. But but um, our offense stepped up, and, and you were a big part of that. And, you know, kind of tell me, you know, how the, the transition into that maybe has, has uh, you know, come into Manatee and, and what you've seen so far coming from another school. Well, one thing I'm definitely not used to is all the time I had back there. Um, I definitely give credit to my line. I mean, I barely had any pass, ru- pass rush all game, and um, that's something I wasn't used to, especially coming from my old school, you know, in um, the eastern part of Florida, which is Sebastian River, you know. And um, I was so used to scrambling and not having much time, and that's one thing I noticed. I had a lot of time to throw, and um, that was a big part of it. So, All right, and obviously probably having one of the, the best junior backs in the state behind you gives you some some good things and then tell me how your relationship is building with the receivers and especially calvin mcknight who probably loves you being a quarterback now yeah um i think all my passes went to mcknight except for one and the other one was the kp but yeah i have a good relationship with all of them you know i hang out with uh, kp a lot and um you know i'm good friends with mcknight and i hang out with zay goldie and um you know uh jd me and him are good friends too so all right, well, great job, and uh, 
I think we might have a highlight. Anything, Dave? Yes. Let's let's, uh, let's take a listen to that long touchdown to Kelvin McKnight that gave us the lead going into half. Here we go. That's okay, Ace. No big deal. <laughs> this uh, this was the 45-yarder, right, John? That uh, yeah. I think it was 40, 45, 46 yards uh, right uh, toward the end of the half that yeah. gave us the momentum. And uh, let's take a listen. Kane's trail, 2019. Drummond out of the shotgun. He has time. He has time. He will throw long. He's got a man down there. It's caught for a touchdown. Oh, my. Kelvin McKnight. A beautiful throw by Sloan Drummond. Former Hurricane Chuck Howard knows what it takes to be on a championship team. Howard Leasing is proud to sponsor the Hurricanes and ready to champion solutions for your employee leasing needs. Big business, small business. Howard Leasing covers it all from payroll processing and workers' comp to human resources and employee benefits. Get on the winning team with Chuck Howard and all the pros at Howard Leasing. Details available online at howardleasing.com. Again, that's howardleasing.com. Coastal Orthopedics and Sports Medicine proudly supports Manatee High School and Hurricanes football. Dr. Dan Lamar, a former Hurricane, is the team's medical director. Dr. Lamar and the staff of experts at Coastal Orthopedics are recognized leaders in sports medicine and wellness technology. And with offices in West Bradenton, East Bradenton, and Lakewood Ranch, they're always close by. Details online at CoastalOrthopedics.com. CoastalOrthopedics.com. Coastal Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, keeping you in the game. Hurricane fans, if you're in the market for a newer pre-owned vehicle, Perkins Automotive Group is your low-price leader. Perkins has a great selection of new cars featuring Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Mitsubishi, and Nissan. And don't forget, Perkins has the very best deals on pre-owned vehicles. Family-owned and operated for over 60 years. Visit Perkins on 1st Street and on Cortez Road in Bradenton. Or go online at Perkins.com. Galati Yacht Sales wishes the Hurricanes the best of luck this season. Team Galati has been committed to exceeding the expectations of our customers for over 40 years. Just as the Hurricanes are highly ranked on the football field, Galati Yacht Sales is ranked the number one marine dealer in America by Boating Industry Magazine. So whether you're buying, selling, or servicing your boat, you can count on Team Galati's highly trained staff to take care of all your needs. For more information, go to GalatiYachts.com. M&L Cabinets is a proud supporter of the Manatee Hurricanes. Bring your home to life with cabinetry solutions for any room. M&L features top quality products, including medallion cabinetry. M&L understands your desire to create a room that is both functional and stylish while maintaining a budget. M&L Cabinets is family owned and operated in Manatee County since 1995. Visit our showroom at 7459 Manatee Avenue West and online at mlcabinets.com. News Talk 930 WLSS. Traffic. Traffic now is service of Sweet Tomatoes Restaurants. Let me check out the ride for you, and we'll look at uh, University in Whitfield for a crash now. Partial lane blockage around Bee Ridge and McIntosh, and we've had activity now at 53rd Avenue, 11th Street, Court West. Had a hit and run on the interstate, sits around the 209 mile marker. 
And let's see what else. Things are really not doing bad. They're finally on the scene at McIntosh and Patty, and they're also on the scene with an earlier injury accident at 70 and Greenbrook. How fresh is sweet tomatoes produce? Well, within 24 hours of being in the ground, it's on a refrigerated truck, and it's on its way to the restaurant. Check out SweetTomatoes.com for one of the 25 locations near you. I'm Dave Anderson, and that's taking a look at your traffic here on WLSS. from Beef O'Brady's, 4925 Cortez Road in Bradenton with Dave Bristow and Manatee Hurricanes head coach, John Booth. Talk to the coach now at 877-969-8600. And now, here's Dave Bristow and coach John Booth. Okay, we're also joined by Walt Smith for Hurricane Hotline tonight, defensive line coach for the Hurricanes. And we have a caller on the line who thinks they can answer the trivia question. Joe from Parrish. Good evening, Joe. Hello, how you doing? We're doing great. What do you have for us? How about Hootie Angle? Went on the uh, you? went on the Florida State. You are absolutely right. Excellent, Joe. And then he went on to Alabama. Yeah, he actually was a player at Alabama and a very good one. And um, came down here and coached with Wheeler Leaf and then started a, a great career in administration uh, at Florida State and then, of course, at Alabama. Joe, I appreciate it. What we're going to do for you, Joe, do you know where Brown and Sons Funeral Home is on 43rd Street in Manatee? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. You go by there uh, starting uh, tomorrow afternoon, and you pick up some free wings from Beef O'Brady's and a Manatee 100-year t-shirt that's great okay hey thanks for calling joe thanks for listening Uh all right all right see i mean listen people when people start calling in and getting it that's not good that's bad for the audience here you know and gene's looking at me i couldn't answer because gene gallo provided that so gene is off the hook but everybody else you know you you got to start studying up but uh yeah joe from parish uh had the answer, so he will get some free wings here at Beefo Brady's and also a 100-year T-shirt. Now we're going to go out to Joe Robinson. Man, Joe uh, with two picks. And Joe started on the offensive side of the ball, and he's uh, now over on defense, and he's playing great. Take it away, Gene. All right, Joe, just congratulations on winning defensive player of the game. And and uh, tell us about, you know, the way the field condition was and how you kind of adjusted as the game went on with that. Um, like the field was terrible, but like you can't use that as an excuse. So we had to go out and play regardless of the field's condition and um, try to make things work with breaking on passes and opening up to keep my stride through to keep them from throwing deep balls. I mean, I let a couple go, but you got to play, you know, no excuses. How does it feel? You know, you're sitting there, you're in the, the mindset and all of a sudden one play gets over you with as many times as they pass. You're going to give up a play here or there, but what's the mindset? You know, obviously a big play happens, and then you got to come right back, and then you get an interception. Uh, forget it. You got to have short-term memory at corner. If you just let, if you let one play beat you up for the rest of the game, multiple plays are going to keep coming. So you just got to forget that one play and just keep playing, play through any condition, just ball, just ball out. So. Um, 
obviously over the last couple of years you've been here and going through and would you rather be on the offensive side scoring a touchdown or would you rather be on the defensive side intercepting the ball? <laughs> I like offense, but I kind of adapted to defense to the point where I'm, I'd rather stay because I like tackling people and it's fun. All right, well, great job. And uh, hopefully Thursday night, since now we got Thursday night football, it'll be a little drier and you won't put so much pressure on the offense. That's right. Got to go ball out. Okay. Congratulations. You want to hear your interception on the radio, how it sounded? Yeah, okay, we've sure. got uh, – and, and I also coached you up during this call, I want you to know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's let's hear Joe Robinson, one of Joe Robinson's interceptions. Jeremy and McDonald is out. Thomas wants to throw deep. Joe needs to turn around, and he does, and he picks it. Robinson turned at the right time and picked it at the 35-yard line. He goes down right there, but a tremendous interception by Joe Robinson. He turned right at the nick of time and got the pick. Yes, he did because <laughs> that was right down below us. And, um, you know, and that, that's, listen, that is one of the toughest things for a defensive back, a cornerback, is to turn and find the football, isn't it, John? Well, it is. And, you, you know, you try to keep, you know, close to the receiver, but it's hard to do when you're turning your head and trying to look where the quarterback is or try to find the ball and still – keep your hand on the, the receiver's hip and, and, and still try to make a play. And Joe did a great job of running with the receiver, kind of forcing him to the sideline, and, uh, and then turning and making a play on the ball. He did a great job. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big Gator fan, and, man, I, I saw how, how tough it is even for experienced SEC cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we played Alabama, we just could not find the ball for most of that game, and that just killed us. And what it does it not only leads to completions, it leads to pass interference calls. That's right, yeah. And, uh, you know, Joe, Joe has a great knack for the ball. He's got great ball skills and, and obviously great hands. And, um, you know, he just, he just has a, a real knack for that position. Yeah, and we've got three really good cornerbacks mm-hmm. that uh, give us some depth there. We've got right. uh, Woody on the other side and Laughlin. Mm-hmm. And uh, the three of them, man, uh, they're, they're very, very good. Now, have you thought about playing all three of those players at the same time? Well, yeah, but, they, you know, we, we can look at maybe putting them in at safety or something like that. But those guys are natural corners, and, and we're strong at the safety position, so we don't necessarily have to do that. But uh, – Dominique Dunbar, our corners coach, does a great job of, of rotating those guys through mm-hmm. to keep them fresh. Um, and, and, you know, the, the great thing is all three of them can play. Right. Uh, now, let's talk Riverview. For uh, We've got about five minutes left to go. And if anybody has a question for Coach Booth here in the audience, just raise your hand and Gene will get to you. <laughs> um, we've got uh, Coach Gallo, of course, that's going to have a question uh, here momentarily. But first, uh, Riverview. Uh, the, the Rams, over the years, you remember John, Coach Sprague had over 200 wins there. Coach Johnson took over in 2011, and they are kind of in a rebuilding mode, but they scare you a little bit because of Higdon, the running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is outstanding. Yeah, they, uh, and, and they're a physical team, and they're going to run the ball and, and uh, try to beat you up. and. You know, we've got to be ready to go. Um, you know, obviously this is our, our first district game, and it's a, it's a must-win for must us. Win. And yeah, yeah we, we have to win. And so, um, you know, coming off the short week, um, you know, try, we're trying to, as a staff, to keep our kids fresh and get them ready to go for, for a short, you know, Thursday Whew. Thursday game. And After kind of a Saturday. Quick, a quick turnaround. And so, uh, but, you know, the, the kids are resilient, and um, they've, they've bounced back, had a 
good first two days of, of this week and uh, of preparation. And so, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to it. But, yeah, certainly going to be a, a, a big game for us. Two minutes. We're going to get Gene's question. We're going to throw out a last-minute trivia question from Riverview. Coach Todd Johnson, the former Florida Gator, played seven years in the NFL, played uh, about the same time that John Booth played, a little bit older than John, just by about three or four years, I think. Who drafted him? And who did he play his majority of time with in the NFL as a safety? That would be Todd Johnson. Coach, I just <clears throat> have a question for you. Uh, how did you feel walking on the southeast football field from the days that you played on there? Any special vibes? Well, yeah, uh, it, it de definitely brought back some memories. Um, I'm, I, I'm thinking about our senior year. Uh, we played there, and uh, it was a tight game as well. And uh, we ended up losing that game, actually. And uh, and so, yeah, it, it definitely brought back some memories. And, and uh, there's a lot of talk about just rekindling that, that rivalry. And uh, and I hope it does, you know, just because of how special that game was to a lot of us, you know, former players. And so it was uh, – it was good to, to get back out there, and, and, and definitely the best part was getting the win. All right. Thanks for the question, Gene Gallo. And, man, it's uh, flown by tonight. Fast show. Uh, Walt Smith, good luck, and get that defensive line going. you got a good one in Higdon to try to stop. Yep. Thanks, Dave. We will. All right. I want to remind everyone we'll be on the air Thursday, not Friday, Thursday at 7 o'clock, 7.30 kickoff. We'll be back next week to talk about the Riverview game and preview the big game against Palmetto a week from Friday. For Gene Brown and Coach John Booth, this is Dave Bristow. Until Thursday evening, so long, everyone. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.